0: Praise be Jesus Christ, now and forever. You're listening to the Bellarmine Forum podcast. I am your show host John B Manos, president of the Bellarmine Forum. Today's gospel is one of my favorites because our Lord asked the apostles, "Who do people say that I am?" And none of the answers are right. Polls, surveys, Fulton Sheen brought that up. Surveys don't know anything. It wasn't until Peter inspired by the Holy Spirit, spoke the truth. And our Lord praised him for it and said, you know this because the Holy Spirit revealed it to you. So it is a lot of times we need to tune our own supernatural grace, our eyes of our soul. And if you look around today, you know something's wrong. You know, we've talked in the past couple episodes about the the news, people operating on fear, Whipping people up. Father Hardin was apt to quote Marshall McLuhan, philosopher of, the, of modern media, Canadian, game Catholic. McLuhan said all of the media is engaged in a Luciferian conspiracy against the truth. Boy, if we don't see that today. And if you don't see it playing out and what's going on around you. I mean, Let's look, at the, let's look at one other thing that happens. What happens when a crowd gets frenzied? I, I gave a talk at Avi Maria School of Law earlier this year, and, and I talked about the characters of the passion definitely play out in the pro-life movement. You see the, the cost-benefit analysis of Caiaphas. It's better that one die than we lose the whole nation. You see Pilate playing the middle. All this stuff comes up, and we see it even for some reason, we see it playing out in this stuff today with Covid in the shot. I mean, even down to the interpretations of, okay, if you if you take, for instance, never mind that the definition of vaccine has been changed by the CDC. It's vaccines used to be, a thing based on what we call sterilizing vaccine. Meaning, you know, look at the measles shot. If you get the measles shot, you know, get the measles later, right? That's not what these shots being mandated today do. They're called leaky vaccines. They, people that get them, we talked about that two episodes ago, they still, they're still contagious. They still transmit the virus. They still send things around. But I find it interesting now on the, uh, as there's political discussion that our president may mandate these, has asked the Department of Labor to mandate employers with more than 100 employees. Now, I want to know something right off the bat. How did the bishops get the, how did Cupich, the, and the the money of the archdiocese have the same thing mandated that Biden proposes to mandate? get the shot or get tested weekly. That's what president Biden is suggesting be done. He's saying he's, uh, you know, mandating, he wants department of labor to do it. They're, they're going to use an emergency. What's called an emergency uh, rule for most They have to do that because otherwise it would take time and people have to think it through. And not only that, they, they're trying to get past a couple problems for one thing. Uh, the Supreme Court's already ruled in a case from 2004, uh, Dovey versus Rumsfeld, that you can't you can't mandate an emergency vaccine without a presidential waiver. Well, if the president's mandating it, that's the same as a waiver. And we don't have, uh, we'll talk about it a little bit later, you can't get the FDA approved vaccine. If you look on the vials, none of them say Comirnaty. There's a lawsuit filed by the Children's Health Network that goes through all the details and they say this was a game put on between Pfizer and the FDA so that Pfizer could say it's the same vaccine and it's FDA approved and hide while meanwhile hiding behind what's called the liability shield of the emergency use authorization. And I just kind of passed this real quick because I want to get to the crowd. The survey in the gospel today, when we survey people, none of them got it right, unless they were enlightened. What well, And then, like we mentioned, they turned on our Lord, Good Friday, from the pressure. You know, the gospel tells us, oh yeah, they offered them booze and they offered them money, and other things to get the crowd to go against our Lord. And not everybody in that crowd had been bribed. They just started getting the peer pressure, reacting to what was going on. The stuff happening in the public square. And it was a, 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 you know, the, the craze. The craze of people started after our Lord, and they were crying for our Lord, who just a week before they were praising on Palm Sunday. Another thing that Fulton Sheen likes to bring up, Father Harden and others, those same people allowed fear and intimidation and political. And you know, this week we have the 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 triumph of the cross coming. And there was a, a a priest that brought it up today in his homily that he he has a family member that's a Jehovah's Witness that is scandalized. Why do you put the cross up in your house? Why would you want that out there? Why would you want? We, we Catholics know the school of love is the crucifix. Besides our Lord's love for us, it's a constant reminder to us that the world looks to kill. The world operates by death. And our Lord came to change that. Our Lord became incarnate. He's the God man. God become incarnate the Blessed Mother. And then right after we genuflect when we say it during the creed and stand back up, the next thing is he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. Pilate, I've written about that in the past. Pilate mentioned by name. Father Hardin told us apostates would use the power of the state to persecute faithful. How did these bishops know? How did Supich know what the mandate would be? It is what it is. I brought up earlier on and I'm a little bit charged up today because a number of people there's still people out there dealing with problems. And and some are in the military. Military people need to read, you know, one of the beauties of the military is I don't care how rotten some of, the, uh, uh, some of the COs can be or you know, middle management of the military can be. Everybody agrees that they, they follow the letter of the law. There's a rule, you follow the rule, you, and, you, and it should be on its face. I posted the link to the memo by the Secretary of Defense because the only vaccine mandated at this point is the Comirnaty vaccine. Now, the news the Luciferian conspiracy against the truth extended that and got people really confused and the FDA doesn't help. They think, oh, well, the Pfizer vaccine is the same. It's FDA approved. No, no. And if you're in the military, that's what you need to do is go to your commanding officer and say, sir, I've looked at the Secretary of Defense's memo. I agree with you. He's mandating the Carminati vaccine. Sir, can we find out if there's vials that say Carminati on it? There won't be any lawsuit by children's health defense network is actually suing to have the FDA retract the authorization because there won't be any maybe next year sometime. I doubt it. It's a game. The lawsuit alleges it's a game so that Pfizer can hide behind the liability shield. But you, you people, or if you know somebody in the military dealing with this, that's how they should deal with it. Sir, I'm a good soldier. I understand there's a mandate. But I also understand the mandate applies to this vaccine. The one that says Comirnaty. And can we check out with the with Med and see if they have Comirnaty vaccine? They won't have it. You don't take the other ones. They're not mandated. It's right in the Secretary of Defense's uh, memo. And your CEO can't make you take those other ones. And he knows it from the, if you guys look at the memo together. Everybody's going to agree. Nope. The other ones are not mandated. It's only the Comirnaty. A little bit of particulars. There's been a lot of good good uh, feedback. And, and a lot of you enjoy getting this legal uh, read on this. And uh, I threw in a, some case law earlier. But law, even today, and I've mentioned in the past the judges. The judges have to come back. We've seen where things go back and forth. There was a case in Ohio I was excited for because a wife finally won an injunction to get a hospital to try ivermectin. And put this in your back pocket. The FDA has what they call expanded access policies and the right to try laws. Both of those exist where you are faced with the possibility of severe or deadly disease, like cancer, other stuff like that. Terminal patient has the right to try any treatment they want. If it's so bad and we're told it's so bad that we need an emergency mandate from the president for employers over 100 employees. Now, how does the virus, if this is so bad, how does the virus know the difference between a 99 employee company and a 100 employee company? See, most workplaces are comprised of people that are in age groups that have a ninety nine point nine nine eight percent survival rate. Older people, that rate goes a little bit lower you know, and once you get even older up in past seventy, it's 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 lower yet. But that's because there's young, healthy, robust immune systems, active people without problems with their interferon response or other things can overcome this. Not only that, we have alternatives available. You know, we we talked about your duty under the Fifth Commandment is to consider the benefit and risks of each alternative, including doing nothing. If you're considering doing nothing, there's your survival rates. If you're under 30, it's 99.9998%. And we're getting risks are now being reported people in their twenties with myocarditis after getting the vaccination. As a matter of fact, one of the problems I, I brought it up before that the way the news is the Luciferian conspiracy against the truth, you can't get informed consent. Well, yeah, there's, I'll put it in the show notes. There's links. Now there's studies where they're saying one of the things nobody's bringing up, and this is right on the National Institutes of Health, and then there's another one that's similar in another journal. Two studies that say nobody's being told about ADE, antibody-dependent enhancement. That is a risk of getting the shot. The news makes it sound like if you get the shot, you'll no longer be contagious, but you are. Studies coming out from Germany and Israel say that if you've gotten the shot, you have a much higher Much, much, much higher chance of being harmed by the so-called Delta variant than if you weren't. Not just if you had it already, but the unvaccinated do better. You probably weren't. If you got the shot, you weren't told these things. I know you weren't. And that's a crime. I mean, it is a crime because they failed to give you informed consent. If you haven't gotten a shot yet, you should demand informed consent. I'll put links to those studies on there. And you should bring it up. And you say, this is a risk I'm unwilling to do. This shot may permanently impair me and make me worse off. For no benefit. You'll still be contagious. You'll still transmit the disease. And if you want to read, ran across this stuff today. Well, actually, I, I've run across some of his videos previously, but today I listened to an interview with Dr. Richard Fleming, who's a nuclear physicist, a lawyer, like yours truly, and a medical doctor. He happens to be one of three certified uh, pet people that uh, can look at inflammation, and other stuff, with using uh, pet scans. It's a type of radio, radiography that where they look at inside the body. So he's. World-renowned, he's quite competent as, a, as a, a medical. He's been on Lancet Committee, and he was American Heart Association, other things. The guy knows stuff. He's not surveying the crowd. And when he surveys the information that's available, he considers that the shots are the same bioweapon as the vaccine. I mean, it's the virus. And it, the, same materi- the same genetic material is being uh, put, placed into persons and people are being turned into factories to create the same contagion. That's what he alleges in his book. Now, he does not allege that it's a bioweapon, but he brings all of the data forward as to the development over the past 20 years, including in 2004 that China had come up with a SARS-CoV-1 and COVID-2 and HIV virus all combined together. And this is where the gain of function, and he looks at all the documents where Fauci and others had funded gain of function, who, by the way, when we're going to talk about alternative treatments besides the vaccine, last March in 2020, I kept posting, uh, Uh, not on the Bellarmine Forum, but in other places, an NIH study that showed that chloroquine and the synthetic uh, uh, hydroxychloroquine eliminate the viral load of SARS-CoV-2 type uh, viruses. That's a study from 2005. So it was right after the Chinese had done this. And in that study, it basically said that hydroxychloroquine, therefore, would make you non-contagious. Now, hang your hat on that for a minute. There's other clinical studies where the viral load is eliminated by ivermectin. I told you before, and linked to it, that they, they already say, now the news plays a whole bunch of you know semantics. They say, well, the shot reduces your uh, uh, risk of infection. But they, they, they readily admit that it does nothing to hinder transmission as Dr. Fletcher goes through the documents that allow the emergency use authorization of the vaccines and they can show no benefit to the vaccine. I know what the news told you. I know what the people anxious to do things are. And why am I driving this to a head? One of the questions that was repeated I got it over, and, and I'm thinking of several people. It was a couple of people wrote in on the uh, Contact Us to work for archdiocese where they're, they're being subject to the idea of weekly testing. I mentioned in those earlier podcast episodes you should talk to a civil rights attorney because that's disparate treatment. Disparate treatment under Title VII is where you are treated differently for no good reason. And I say for no good reason because of what I just brought that point to. And it's the same thing that's going to be there if they are your employer. Think back to the crowd. The government's not mandating you. They're mandating their employer and putting the threats on their employer to come after you. Your employer then is the middleman. They're in the position of, oh, gosh, I really don't want to, you know, just go get the test. I don't want to have to spend fourteen grand in penalties per employee. Rather harsh. Your employer is going to have to be the one to fight this. Now, in some states, governors have come out and said that's not going to happen here. I, I'm in Alabama. That's one of the states. But these people have written in. And said, and I I brought this up in an earlier podcast episode, but I want to, you know, get on this point a little bit more succinctly. If the people that got the vaccine are just as contagious and transmit the virus as people that didn't get the vaccine, there's no basis to distinguish between them. Worse, if these studies that I mentioned earlier, where those who are vaccinated are more susceptible to the Delta variant. You know, there was a study in Massachusetts at the beginning of August that said that 74% of the people sick with the Delta variant in hospitals were fully vaccinated. It lends some thought to Dr. Richard Fleming's hypothesis that the vaccine itself is spreading the contagion. I don't recommend that you start on that foot with your employer. I do recommend you bring up something about the tests though. The CDC in July put out a laboratory alert. I'll try to put a link to this in the uh, show notes. That laboratory alert tells labs that after the 31st of December, they published this in July. I want you to think about this. So in July, The CDC said at the end of the year, we're going to withdraw uh, our our emergency use for the current COVID-19 tests. Now, you have to ask yourself, why are they waiting until the end of December? And they say after December 31st, the labs need to use tests that can differentiate between COVID and influenza. Put your thinking cap on for a minute. They just told you that the current testing is positive for influenza. It cannot distinguish. If you're being mandated to get weekly tested, and it's even worse in some of those archdioceses, you will not get time off if you test positive. In other words, they will make you go home and quarantine for 14 days if you test positive, right? The test itself can't distinguish between the flu and COVID. And it's right from the CDC. So if you got sent home without paid leave because of a COVID test that was positive, I'd talk to a civil rights attorney if I were you. More importantly, if you're going to be forced into testing, I just throw this out there. Testing in this way, in OSHA law, the regu- well, it's not law, it's regulations, falls under a, a category of activity called medical surveillance. The NIH, OSHA, others, they use the same terminology. However, in the workplace, OSHA has always said that an employer cannot require medical surveillance unless the employee consents. So I want you to add something to your religious uh, 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 exemption. that You don't want to undergo medical testing as a medical treatment because you looked at the benefits and risks of it and found out that it can't distinguish between COVID by the CDC's own analysis. It can't distinguish between influenza and COVID. Now I have to be sure I put that link there so you can link to it. They say it right in there. It's the CDC themselves. And you could tell them, well, at least the tests that they're using now until the end of the year don't. I might test positive for influenza and you're going to treat me like I have COVID and tell me I don't get paid time off. But these other people who you favor because they got the uh, medical treatment you prefer, these other people, you'll give them paid time off. That's what, now hopefully that policy has changed in Chicago and some of the other archdiocese. But uh, that's why I kept suggesting, if you are dealing with this, you need to talk to a civil rights attorney. And you know, It should be one. I'm going to put a link to this Dr. Richard uh, Fleming's website, too. He's got a lot of stuff. And he's got videos where he goes through the EUAs, the Emergency Use Authorizations. And you can start seeing, even for yourself, there's no benefit. His book, however, starts to go on and say there's a huge risk to getting the shot, in addition to it appears that the shot itself not only spreads COVID or the things that we're told are COVID, they spread the spike protein, which in itself causes its own risks. He leads you to decide for yourself with the evidence whether or not this is a bioweapon. But if you get to that point and then you see the things that make it a bioweapon are precisely what's in the shot, Then you get to a whole new level of understanding the problem. And you start to understand why Massachusetts and why the news is twisting, twisting stories. Saw today on Facebook, there is a local news station. That news station had asked people, I'm going to read it. WXYZ TV Channel 7. They say, after the vaccines were available to everyone, did you lose an unvaccinated loved one to COVID-19? If you're willing to share your family's story, please contact us uh, and get, send your contact information. We may reach out to you for a story we're working on. The comments. It's a public post. It's two days old. The comments on Facebook are unbelievable unbelievable people saying i lost a family member to the shot another my father became fully vaccinated and two days after his second shot he died another and another and another as a matter of fact i i kind of suspected it was going to happen it looks to me like the like the uh the story from that news station was taken down or at least i'm not able to get to it to look at those comments. It mean, could be Facebook's up to their antics again. I mean, far be it from uh, from social media to be engaged in the same things as the media. I'm um, surely social media is not engaged in a uh, luciferian conspiracy against the truth, right? No, not at all. Also, had another story where a hospital administrator up in the same part of the country was soliciting staff and telling them we need to make covid and being unvaccinated look scarier to the public they want to put fear into people i i don't understand that i thought if we were following the science we should just be looking at the data right we shouldn't be playing with people's emotions we shouldn't be driving them we shouldn't be if this was such a good thing, we wouldn't need to be forcing employers to basically cut them cut their own employees out under these uh, heavy fines. It's the same position we saw with Obamacare, where they're going after the employers and the third-party insurance instead of you. And it was obvious where that was going to go. Sooner or later, you were going to have to get the contraception because it's available and there's no reason not to. Same thing with this. They're not coming straight at you. They're coming at your employer and making your employer the middleman between their strong arm and you, their single employee. I'm sorry. Most employers are are, are not going to like the idea of 14 grand per employee. And they're going to say, well, can't you just get the test? You know, you're going to get called into your boss's office. He'll be the first one to talk to you. Not the whole company says we're not doing that. First of all, it's not fair to require testing for people, for one class of people, when there's another contagious class that's not being tested. If the shot still allows people to transmit the virus, shouldn't they be tested too? And maybe that was where you start with the employer, and I mean, there has to be some pushback. I know there's lawsuits being prepared, I know there's companies that are looking on fighting it, and... They're in a number of states. I'm not in one of those states that uh, because here the state themselves are fighting it. And if you're in one of those other states, you should at least make this a political thing and contact your governor, state representatives, your congressperson, and tell them, this makes no sense. You, they say right out there, people that get the shot are just as contagious. What happened in Massachusetts and what's going on in Israel and Germany, the people who have a shot are actually more contagious in some cases. Why do I have to get tested for not getting a shot? I and you know what? You should you should come up with the same religious exemption for the shot, and you should let your employer know I do not consent to a workplace medical surveillance program. I don't know how strong that would be. And, and you know, I it's what I said last time too. I know a story from somebody I checked in. Thanks to the podcast, they did get uh, an exemption, but then uh, they got they, they quit and got a better job somewhere else, and it's part of their contract that they don't have to get the vaccine. There's opportunities, particularly in healthcare, because of the shortages, because people are leaving or being fired. And you know what? What's your life worth? I heard a radio host say this. What's your life worth? Is it really uh, if the shot can risk your life? is a job worth your life. I don't think so. And you know this this idea I still want to come back to this idea that it, you know we're told in 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 the peer pressure kind of coming back to where we started. The peer pressure just like it was on good friday. Oh, you know, your bishop, can your bishop mandate you to risk death? No, he can't. Can a healthcare worker give you a medical procedure without informed consent? No. The healthcare workers aren't providing informed consent, and the ones that can't should be refusing to give that jab. There isn't informed consent on this. There's so many things wrong, or so many things being suppressed, or so many things. Let me give you an idea. You were told in the news that the Belief is that the shot stays right at the injection site. Well, I can tell you right now, that's a lie. 2017, you you can find this stuff even on Fleming's, but I knew it before I saw this on Fleming's thing. 2017, Moderna had discovered that the lipoproteins that surround the mRNA, this is how they get it into parts of your body, rather than staying at the injection site, go throughout your entire body. They found them in the brain. They found them in different organs. They found them all over the body. So just just that idea alone, anything the news says or stuff like that, we know isn't true. So unless somebody's giving you true information, you can't have informed consent. You can't be fully informed. There's enough information. I'll, I'll give some links to... Research and stuff, and, and you know, I, I don't expect you to become a microbiologist overnight. You don't need to be a microbiologist. You don't even need to be an attorney. I'm giving you, I do have a chemical engineering background. I do have chops to understand the stuff I'm reading. I'm not a medical doctor. But I don't need to be a medical doctor to interpret the studies and the other information I'm seeing Because I know enough about the biomechanics and the pharmacokinetics to know what's going on. I have been informing myself, but as an attorney, you don't even have to be an attorney. You should be able to bring some of these things up. And don't do it in a combative way. Just tell them. I don't consent for these reasons. We talked about how to do a religious exemption. They have to grant it. The next step is, if they're going to make you test, you have to say, you're telling me I have to go undergo a different medical procedure. And I don't consent to that one either, particularly when the CDC says that if I get the flu, that thing's going to be positive. Get it? What's your employer going to do? Uh, uh. And you know what's going to happen? You know, and you should get it in writing from them right then. Hey, so if this test positive, are we going to find out if I got the flu before you punish me? And why, since we want a safe workplace and since we want no contagiousness here, why aren't you testing the vaccinated? Why are you treating them differently when they can transmit the virus too? That's the point when you should start getting a, 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 and I would give them a writing. I don't consent to medical surveillance. I don't consent to undergoing this medical procedure. And just say, my religion prefers truth. And that means I want a test that tells the truth, one that doesn't lie and say I have COVID when it found influenza. And Now I really have to give you guys that link to that CDC article, don't I? You'll find an exemption form on that on that, uh flemingmethod.com website that's the name of it flemingmethod.com there's a lot of information there and i know if you start wading through it you know you, your eyes can gloss over a little bit especially if you're not used to looking at scientific information it's okay though just you'll you'll see things that start triggering in your mind and then you can go on there and you can look at his videos particularly ones where he goes through the emergency use authorization because that's going to tell you what they promise the shot does versus not getting a shot. And you're going to see there's no benefit to this thing. It doesn't matter what the news tells you. It doesn't matter the hype of the crowd. Just like on Good Friday, the crowd doesn't know what's going on. Just like in today's gospel, the crowd didn't know who our Lord was. The best part of a religious exemption is that it's your sincere beliefs, not the crowds. Your sincere beliefs, not the news. But you can also burn them on what we do know. The test can't differentiate between COVID and influenza and probably not even the common cold. And The people, there's no difference as far as spreading the virus, there's no difference between vaccinated and unvaccinated people. So that means if they're going to test you, they got to test the others too. Or it's disparate treatment. That also means they need to use a test that doesn't show positive for influenza. You know, they need to use a test that actually finds COVID, not all this other stuff. And if There are benefits given to people that have gotten the shot that you don't get in case you do test positive. That's disparate treatment too. Because for all you know, you got it from the people that got the shot. Who don't have to wear masks, who can use the lunchroom, who get paid time off for no good reason. There's no rational basis. It's not like getting a measles shot. It's not like getting a TB shot. Those things, if you get them, you don't get sick. You never get the virus. That's not what this is today. Whatever else this is, it's in a new definition. If you can understand that part, you don't see what I mean. You don't have to be a PhD. You don't have to be a medical doctor. What they want you to believe is this shot works like those other ones. And it doesn't. It's a matter of fact, it's so bad they had to change the definition of vaccine to accommodate whatever this is. But the people that are yelling at you have two problems. One, they're treating it as if it does do this when it doesn't. And two, they're punishing you and treating you differently because you won't. And there's no reasonable basis for it because the people that get the shot are just as contagious and in some cases may actually get sicker than the ones who don't. I don't, uh, I don't think it's an easy conversation to have, depending on where you work, but I have been hearing of plenty of people that had plenty of success. I don't know what's going to happen if we see this rule roll out. I've given you some concepts to discuss with your employer that are based in science that will help you, help them understand why, hey, we all want a safe workplace. We all want to be, nobody wants to spread contagion to someone else. I've researched it and found out that it not only presents a greater risk to me to get the shot, it may present a bigger risk to others because I'll still be contagious and I may actually get sicker. That's following the science. That's what they're finding out in these studies. That's what this Dr. Richard Fleming did by following the studies and the science behind these types of shots. I have to say that I'm sure the Pope doesn't have and probably has nobody around him giving him these things because if he knew even part of this, there's no way you could call this an act of love. If you're going to get something that makes you contagious and spreads to people around you, the spike protein and the other stuff, that's not an act of love. Your employer mandating it. Your bishop trying to mandate it. That's incredible. It's still incredible to me that a bishop would do that. Why are they even talking about that? But what kind of pressure was put on them? If now the mandate is looking to come after your employer did the government or did the Vatican come after the bishops to make these mandates that they did a while back now that happened to be identical to what president Biden's talking about? Who put the screws on them to do that? Cause all of a sudden now a couple of them came out early, you know, Denver was one of the first ones out and they were reacting to a political situation and they got it right. Denver said, no, we're not mandating it, this is a voluntary consent issue. Other archdioceses didn't get it right, whether because they didn't research what this thing really is, didn't listen to what was actually being said, or just folded under pressure. Not really sure. But it's very strange that all of the diocese slowly came out with nearly identical statements. No religious exemptions, no this, no that, no others. I'm going to give you a hint. Just ask around. You're going to find a priest that will help you with an exemption. Particularly if you phrase it the way we've talked about. I have a duty under the Fifth Commandment to evaluate the benefits and risks of every alternative, including doing nothing. If you're under 50... You, you just need to say, hey, if I do nothing, I have a 99.98% chance of survival, according to the CDC. I really don't want to undergo any new risks. And if I have to deal with it, I'll look at the therapeutics, which the NIH say are as safe as aspirin, and which have been studied to get rid of this viral load and make me non-contagious, that actually provide a benefit. I don't know what else to do in this situation. We don't have, there's a lot of lawyers working on ways to deal with the mandate. One of the things so far is whether or not, but I, I guarantee you it's still going to be litigation. It's like I said last time, litigation hell no matter which way you look at it. And it, what's worse about the idea of this proposed mandate is it puts your employer on a spot. So your employer is being made the weapon to do this to you. And that's why I think you don't go in there with your arms up and everything like that. You gotta talk it out with them and tell them, look, we can't do this. And look, they're telling you to get this test. I don't consent to a medical surveillance program. They can look up in the OSHA regulations and see what that means. And they can't be, they can't be, they can't be fined for that, right? I mean, if the OSHA says already medical surveillance you know, requires the consent of the employee, then how can your employer be fined for doing something if they're conducting the medical surveillance but none of the employees consent to it? I mean, I would have that conversation with the employer and say, hey, you know, let's talk about this. They're telling you you have to do testing. But on the other hand, OSHA says medical surveillance can't be performed unless the employee consents. Well, none of us are going to consent. The employer says, well, I conducted medical surveillance, but nobody consented to getting the testing. How can they find you for that if the employer is willing to do it, right? I don't know that. I think it's worth a try. I think if I was working somewhere, that's what I would tell them. Hey, yeah, they want you to do the uh, testing, but they can't mandate it on me. That's a program through OSHA, and OSHA says... I have to consent to that, and I don't consent to it. I'd get it in writing, you know, put it in writing to your employer. I understand that they're asking you to do medical surveillance if I don't get the shot, Uh, but I also want to know, are they going to test the people that got the shot because they still transmit the virus? Second of all, this test can't differentiate between influenza and COVID. I don't consent to it because I don't want to show a false positive, and I don't want everybody thinking, Something worse than what it is. It's fair, right? I I don't see how anybody can get mad at you for that. They're going to, in some places, the crowd's whipped up, just like the crowd on Good Friday. Some people are driven by so much fear or other considerations, like that crowd, that they're not making any sense. So you might have moments where you have to stand with our Lord like he did on Good Friday, and listen to the shouts and screams. But do it. It's worth it. That's an act of love. To speak truth when nobody wants to hear it. But be wise as serpents. That's how our Lord said. And and also, keep praying. Keep praying your rosary. I mean, it's that was how Peter got the right answer in today's gospel. The Holy Spirit revealed it to him. And our, that's what our Lord said, that the Holy Spirit revealed it to him. And we know it because none of the people got it right. You can get it right. Trust me, I know you can get it right. You're smart because you're listening to this podcast, right? I still want to know, what kind of virus is this? What about all the people that work in places with less than 100 employees? If this is such a good thing, are we just going to let all them die? If they're going to mandate it for 100 employees or more, that's what it's saying to me. Well, all those other places that, you know, obviously we're going to let them die and that would be contagious. It doesn't make any sense. So much of it doesn't make sense. The only thing it seems to be pointed at is putting your employer on the spot to give you a hard time. I think if you talk to your employer, they don't want to give you a hard time. They don't want any look, they want to get done what they got to get done. You know, if you make widgets, they want you making widgets. They really don't want to deal with all this other stuff. So if you can help them talk through a way that they can survive this other stuff and still get the widgets made, they're going to go for it. Most places, unless you're in a hospital, they're the ones, I don't know. Hospitals are crazy right now, but not all of them. Like I said, I heard a story from one of these people who was working at one place, they got their exemption, Hospital was going to give them a hard time. Next thing you know, they got a job the next day at a different hospital. They make more money. They're not going to, that hospital doesn't want them to get the vaccine, apparently because the hospital's paying attention. Not all these hospitals are wanting to make it scary for the public, like the one that uh, was caught on video saying that. Sooner or later, not all the news is going to be trying to pump scare stories either. Not today, though. No, today we still have to look at McLuhan and the crowds. And we know from the gospel today and from Good Friday that what that plays out like. Just we have to be praying, looking after our Lord, following the fifth commandment, because it's going to get us to the right place, and being sensible and dealing with these things. And talking people back out of fear into reason. I think most people, if you calm them down, they'll be like, yeah, no, that doesn't make sense to me either. But then you have to work together figure out how to make it work. Let's say a prayer. Don't forget, this week, Our Lady of Sorrows, the triumph of the cross. That cross is a reminder. This intersectionality, the world doesn't make any sense. But when you get supernatural grace involved with it, that vertical part, Good things can happen, but suffering through that work of picking up the cross can lead to good things too. And I I think when I saw that news article, that news post on Facebook, and I saw those comments with all these people saying, this happened, that happened, I have family members that were affected by the shot, everything. I think the reality is people know something's not right about it that's why I think they're trying to mandate this thing. I don't understand why they want everybody to have it, but they do. And you know, they do, but if you don't want it, you know, and and if you're listening and you want it, that's great. It's your choice. That's the whole point. And I think there's a lot of people that got it that find the idea of a mandate detestable too, because they know you can't, you can't force medical treatment on people. Well, The medical test is a medical treatment, too. Just keep that in your back pocket. Think it through the same way, the way we discussed. Okay, let's go out with a prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Mary, Our Lady of Sorrows, pray for us. Well, you've done it. You've been listening to the Bellarmine Forum podcast. I'm your show host, John B. Manos. Production of this episode was underwritten by an anonymous donor that asks you to say your rosary daily. If you would like to underwrite production of the podcast, contact the forum using the contact form on the website, bellarmineforum.org, or call us. This podcast is a production of the Bellarmine Forum, formerly known as the Wanderer Forum Foundation. Founded in 1965 on the heels of Vatican II as a faithful enclave of the Catholic faith, without all the progressive modernist confusion. Our producer sits at the right hand of the Father and will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead. Our executive director made things visible and invisible. Our technical director is an unnamed angel assigned to us by the producer per show. The Bellarmine Forum is a non-profit public charity. All donations are tax-deductible to the maximum extent permitted by law. This show is copyrighted by the Bellarmine Forum 2021 to the greater glory of God and the honor of his blessed mother.